Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. It's a program called Candy View. It's all about uh, what to do with your money, how to invest wisely. And uh, we've got on the phone Brent from the Stuart Group in Wellington. How are you going, Brent? I'm going fantastic, Ken. How are you? Oh, all the better for talking with you as we speak. Um, this in Hawke's Bay, heading for a high of 28 degrees today. I just love it. What about where you are in Wellington? How's Wellington treating you? Uh, look, it's sunny, um, but we, we, we have been told there might be a few gusts. Um, we're just praying that those gusts come from the north and not the south because we yes. prefer an orderly or southerly yeah. down. I think we're going to have a bit of rain, but look, uh, you know, it's that diversity, isn't it? Oh, you that's you, you just about. can't have the sunshine all the time without a little bit of rain. Uh, and look, if I didn't live in Hawke's Bay, I'd love to live in Wellington because there's always something good happening in Wellington, isn't there? Absolutely. It's the it's the seat of culture and Te Papa and everything. There's always something going on Absolutely. in Wellington. Wonderful city. Wonderful city. Now, Stuart Group, before we get into today's topics, which will be many and varied, just remind our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, Brent, Stuart Group, what are you guys all about? Yeah, we're, we're a CFIX certified financial planning advisory firm. We provide personal fiduciary services, personal wealth management, personal risk insurance, KiwiSaver solutions, and just general all-round chat with clients to help clients know where they are today and where they want to get to in the future. And you're big on KiwiSaver as well, aren't you? Absolutely, yes. We do have, uh, we do have KiwiSaver under our, in our armory of advice. Um, so we, we, focus on, we focus on what a client's needs are and what's the best thing for a client to achieve their goals. Now today we're going to talk about how not to panic and succumb to knee-jerk responses when the markets are experiencing a substantial drawdown because pretty much, is that what we're seeing at the moment? Ken, we've been through an awfully volatile time. You know, we've we've seen market corrections of 20-25%. We've seen this before, of course, several times Mm. in history we've seen 25% corrections, but what we're what we're experiencing at the moment is you know, it's, it's not a new paradigm, but certainly it hasn't hasn't rolled through very often because we're seeing a correction in the bond market. We have seen historically corrections in the bond market at the same time as we've seen corrections in the equities market, and you know with uh, in inflation now starting to bite, it's almost like a bit of a perfect storm. So we have to we have to have. Our heads very clear about where we are, where we are going, and focus on the things that we can control rather than the things that we cannot control. Now you've got your ear to the ground, and uh, every time I go to the uh, the supermarket with my wife, I'm staggered at the prices that we're now paying for groceries. And uh, we're talking about inflation figures which we haven't seen for many, many years. Um, like I say, you know what's happening in the market. Is there any light at the end of the tunnel for Mr. and Mrs. Joe Blow? 
Well, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It's just how far through that tunnel you <laughs> yes. are. And don't, don't forget that old phrase, you know, that the darkest time is just before the dawn. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. As you and your wife go through the supermarket, you'll experience, you'll see that pain. But you've got things that are within your control, Ken. You don't have to buy tomatoes at $17 a no. kilo. You can swap to avocado or, you know, I hear uh, there's some pretty good honey coming out there from uh, from the Hawke's Bay. You can have honey on your toast or yes. whatever the case may be. Um, you don't have to have butter if you're finding butter at $8 a, a half a block. It's too expensive. When it was $4.90 a year ago or a year and a half ago, you can swap out to alternatives and that's what is within your control. What is not within your control is what the Reserve Bank's going to do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and they're an independent arm. They're supposed to be an independent arm. And all the talk is about another rate rise. Um, uh, I've heard the uh, economists, uh, bank economists, say up to 75 basis points, which would be really tough. I've done the sums. If, uh, if you had borrowed a million dollars this time two years ago, uh, your mortgage rate would have been you know, nigh on 2%. And that means you'd be paying around about $900, $950 a week uh, for a, for a million-dollar mortgage. Not not an insubstantial amount, but if rates go up another 75 basis points tomorrow, that raises itself to 1800 a week. Wow. So that's a doubling. It's staggering, and isn't it? Yeah. You, you have to pay your mortgage. Yep. Um, otherwise, you, you lose your property, you lose your house. So we've got to really hunker down, and we've got to find ways of... Um, protecting ourselves, protecting our own assets and remaining focused on the long-term goals. That's pretty hard to do though, isn't it, Brent? I mean, if you've committed yourself to uh, that million-dollar mortgage when the times were good and now you're paying back twice as much, um, I suppose it's easy to say, and if you read it in a black and white, well, it's time to protect yourself, how to do things better. It's almost impossible now, isn't it? Well, a couple of things. We spoke about this a year ago. Yes. I remember Adrian Orr came out in October of last year, and I remember highlighting it with you and saying, because he was on Radio New Zealand, and he said, we told the market. We have told the market that interest rate rises will come and that our job is not to protect the person who has borrowed too much. That's not our problem. Mm. We are here to control what's happening in the economy. And now that inflation has come, yes, it's a bitter pill, Ken. But uh, as I recall, you've done a little bit of you like your hiking and your walking and your tramping. Yes, um, it, it's it, you know the root burn and the heathy are not easy. You, you know, <laughs> um, you're not going to do the Tongariro crossing if you've if you've not gone out and done the, the hard work, the hard yakka to get your body in shape. And you know you're halfway up a mountain, you don't give up. Um, you've just got to keep in there. You've got to make sure that yeah. You know, Every person who started out climbing Mount Everest was very, very motivated. But yes. you know, there's still it's still littered with lots of unfortunate, uh, unfortunate bodies that weren't prepared. So we've just got to get ourselves into a position where the things that we can control, we do control, and um, and make sure that we've taken the appropriate steps. And I think that would have been prudent too. You know, people should have been looking and you know looking at well, if I'm going to borrow a sizable amount. Yeah, what if? Leeway do I have? Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, of late, people have been sort of blaming the banks, saying you know, the banks have been making a fortune. You know, why don't they cut us some slack? What, what, what would your answer be to that? Well, you know, everybody's in business to, to make a profit. If you're not in business to make a profit, then you're not going to stay in business for very long. So, so banks should certainly, um, you know, banks should certainly be making themselves in a position where they're making a profit. But the OCR, what is the OCR or the overnight cash mm -hmm. rate? That's the rate at which people borrow 
um, you know, in terms of the reserve bank rate. But that's not the rate that the banks borrow at. When the banks are borrowing, they are generally sourcing funds offshore in the open market. So they may be borrowing money at around about 4 or 5%, which means in order for them to make a margin or a profit, they give it to us at 6 or 7%. Otherwise, they're not going to be in a profitable situation. Mm. So I, 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 it's pretty easy to bash the banks, sure. and it's pretty easy to bash the politicians, but they're, they're, I, I believe they're all doing it in the best, you know, the best... They're in it for the best reasons. They're not there... This is not a corrupt country. No. Uh, you know, they're not there to make money in, in, in an un, you know, unethical fashion. I do think we need to hold them to account, and the same as we do the supermarkets. And you know, there are methods in place and methodologies in place to do that. It's just we need clear heads. You know, uh, not too, not too long ago, a couple of a couple of missiles landed in Poland, and people could have had a knee-jerk reaction to that. And thank goodness we had had lead, have leaders in place that didn't have a knee-jerk reaction to that. And clear and level-headed thought process goes into all of that, Ken, I think. Yeah. Now, talking about uh, knee-jerk reactions when it comes to your finances, uh, I was just reading a, an article uh, done by one of your associates, Nick Stewart, who is the uh, the CEO of the Stewart Group in Hastings here. Um, and he says that uh, a lot of people are tempted to take refuge in cash. So that what, what that means is that they say, okay, well, I'm getting out of the share market, I'm getting out of this market, and I'm going to have... I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have the money in the bank. Is that a good thing? Well, it depends upon your longer-term objectives, Ken. Um, you know, the pain has already been felt. Yep. You're already through that market. You've already sustained a 10 15% decline in your portfolio's value. But what that means is if you, you know, take, think of it simply and say a case like Coca-Cola, um, just take an easy company. Let's say, I don't know what the share price of Coca-Cola is, but let's just use the figures. Let's just say it was worth, it was worth $10, right? And you got a dividend from Coca-Cola of one dollar, so that's you know you're getting a ten yeah. percent return. And let's say, let's say Coca-Cola's halved in value. I, I'm not saying that it has, but let's just say mathematically it has. So it's gone from ten to five dollars. You're still getting the one dollar. Yeah. It's still making that profit, and so now your return has gone from ten percent to twenty percent. This is what's happened. If you sell out of the market now and you don't have a need to, it's all about your goals. So we've got to look at your goals. You're actually leaving money on the table for whomever is in a position to purchase that that equity or mm-hmm. that share because the forward-looking ratios, the forward-looking 12-month profitability is looking exceedingly positive. Yes. The thing is you have to stay in to get yeah. that, right? So my analogy has always been it's like um, here in Wellington, I live over in the lower hut region and I have to take State Highway 2, I think it is, to go home. I can't drive looking in the rear vision mirror. I can only drive looking forward. So if I'm looking forwards, I can see what the obstacles are. I can assess. I can adjust my driving to the conditions of the road. I can lay off a little. Just because it's 100 kilos, kilometres doesn't mean I have to do 100 kilometres. Yep. I can back off to 80 when the wind's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not certain. I can take certain measures. I can make sure that my tyres are all correct. Take certain measures to ensure that my journey um, is a more safe and structured one uh, than having to have a knee-jerk reaction and, 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 and rush. Um, so I think that's the prudent way of going, yeah. in, in my opinion, Ken. Yeah. What type of person generally tends to leave that market um, and take their money out, take their, you know, turn their uh, assets into cash? Is it mum and dad investors? 
Yeah, it's it's those that are nervous. It's those that are listening to the noise in the market. No, it, just remember that every news bulletin doesn't come on and say, oh, everything's fine today. Mm. News, news media are there to sell a product, and whatever product they sell, they can sell it by saying, hey, you should be worried about this. There's, there's two emotions that people react to, fear and greed. So if you can take those two emotions off the table and just say, look, Coca-Cola is still in business. Countdown is still in business. Pack and Save is still in business. Aircraft are now leaving and arriving from Wellington Airport, Hawke's Bay Airport, etc., etc. These assets are quality assets. Yep. These assets are invested in, in an economy that is working and is starting to pick up. I can ride through it. But if the news media, or if you're listening to a news media outlet that's selling you the concept of fear and doom and gloom, you've got to go back to basics, yeah. right? And if your KiwiSaver is a longer term, you're looking at it for the next five to ten years, it will, re- it will rebalance. It will come back out. It will come back out on top over a period of time, so long as the underlying assets are quality assets. So I think you've just got to look at the whole picture and not be nervous. Yes. I mean, if you had somebody coming and revaluing your house every day and you've seen <laughs> that your house has gone from, I don't know, a uh, million to 700,000 or revalued your bathroom or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you've just got to make sure the underlying structure is correct, the underlying assets are positive, that there's a dividend flow from those assets, that you've employed a, a decent fund manager and you've got a, a bunch of professional advisors around that are there to assist and help you. Now, over the years, we've talked about cycles, and you know that uh, they, they talk about the seven-year cycle. Are we at, are we at the start of a seven-year cycle, or, or are we a couple of years into it? And we just didn't realise it, or, or what? Oh, look, I remember them talking about everybody talked about a super cycle in the early two thousand when when uh, China started its uh, its march towards industrial revolution, really, well, industrialising, not revolution, but industrialising. And they were saying then that the super cycle was going to be about 15 years. So I'm not too sure about whether the seven-year cycle still exists or doesn't, and I think that the global pandemic probably has thrown a little bit of a, a curveball there. So um, not too sure where we are along that that part of part of economic um, the economic cycle, but certainly it feels mm. it feels as, as if we're in that. Uh, nervousness uh, moving towards oh, what's going to happen um, yeah. towards people worried about recession, people worried about maintaining their jobs. So, you know, I think that we're in the more uh, negative part of that economic cycle, if I can put it that way. Are people too quick to use that word recession? Because you hear it a lot these days, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is a phrase I don't really like, but look, it is what it is. Um, you know, when you're halfway up that mountain, as I have been myself doing a couple of hikes, I, you know, I needed my wife to say, come on, Red, you know, pull yourself up, princess, get up, <laughs> got to keep going, son. Um, yeah. Because it's all very well if your soul's a bit, you know, down and your body's a bit tired. You want to sort of sit down and to have a bit of a rest. But sometimes you've just got to keep going. And I think that that's the issue. The issue is it's beyond your control whether the economy's in a recession or not. Mm. Uh, technical definition is two quarters of negative growth. So... We had that last year, you know, during COVID, we had that. Um, 
they didn't call it a recession. Did it feel like a recession? What what does it feel like to you? Are you out there buying another pair of Reeboks, or are you, you know, pulling your pulling your belt a bit tighter? Yeah. So, exactly. I think uh, I think it's it's a bit of a bit of a furphy. Um, I, I don't like saying it, but it is what it is, and we've just got to get on and keep marching through it, controlling the things we can control. Ken. Yes, and I suppose um, I mean you've got a point that. We shouldn't be revaluing our house every day. We should probably just be saying, okay, let's just leave everything as it is because that's what you all say, you know, and, and I agree with you. You need to write it out, don't you? Yeah. I, go back to fundamentals. What's, yep. the, what's the underlying asset? If the underlying assets of an investment fund, of your KiwiSaver, of your superannuation, of your long-term uh, plan, if they're quality assets... They're quality assets. I think it's about looking at that quality underlying asset, making sure that it's it's invested appropriately, making sure that your time horizon is right, and then you just have to yeah, you just have to follow those 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 principles. I think yeah. And it's all about diversification, isn't it? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, that's correct. You you do have to have, of course, you have to have diversification. That minimises your risk. What that does. Is spread, spreads your risk across a range of assets, but it also means that all your eggs are not in that one basket. Yeah. Uh, we've look, we've seen that, and I, I dread to talk about or dread to mention things, but the, <laughs> I'll try and stay away from it. But there's one asset class that everybody—well, it's not an asset class, but there's one area everybody's been speculating in, and it's gone from eighty thousand to twenty thousand. And of course, I'm talking about uh, crypto. Which yes. I, I'm of the opinion if you can't understand something. Then why would you do it? Um, <laughs> yes, I, I don't. I mean, I know who invented KFC. I know who invented McDonald's. Yep. I know who invented Coca Cola. I don't know who invented Bitcoin. Um, so why would I buy something or even look at something that I, I don't know that it's based on anything that's factual whatsoever? Yeah, and I guess apart from things like cryptocurrency, um, in times that are a bit uh, a bit volatile. There are a lot of people who will make a lot of money because people are pulling out and they're getting in and buying, aren't they? That's what um, Rothschild said. The time to make money—I think it was Rothschild. The time to make money is when there's blood in the streets. Uh, that's certainly what happened um, in, in certain other parts of uh, major economic uh, corrections in the 1700s and, and a little bit earlier. Just about out of time, Brent. Just to remind our listeners, if we need any sound financial advice, where do we get it from? Well, uh, absolutely, Stuart Group uh, should be first cab off the rank. Uh, certified financial planning advisory, fiduciary based, um, and an independent CFEX qualified financial services organisation.